Welcome to a double guest episode of A Life in Film. Our guests today have been close friends for many years. They are both actors, but their paths have been very different. Nonetheless, they've been through the ups and downs together. Collectively, their credits include Legend of Tarzan, Doctor Sleep, Black Mirror, Harriet, In the Heart of the Sea, and HBO's The Nevers, to name a few. Our guests today are Ozzy Achille and Zachary Mamo. It's a life and fail! Going an idiot. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, long time good. To speak. Oh man, it's been a long time. Hello. Ah, hey, hey. How's it going? All right, sorted. Yes, Elliot. What are you saying, fam? How you doing? Ah, good, man. How are you? Good, bro. I've been, been a good. long time. It's been a well, it's been a long time since we've seen, I guess, anyone. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. true. Just having you both on here is amazing because, like, I was saying to Ozzy, I was like you know having a co-host or someone else that's on here that knows the guest is key because it kind of unlocks a load of stories that maybe wouldn't come out and like you kind of remind each other of like times and everything else so it's it's really good man thanks for both coming on and um and doing this because it it'll be a nice dynamic i think cool good man yeah happy to be here if we just go straight in ask you guys how you are and what you what you've been up to uh zach you want to go first no you're good ladies first uh age before beauty and all that all right then um <laughs> i've been good man obviously uh pandemic and all that apocalypse and stuff um survived which i'm grateful for didn't really do anything acting related last year did a lot of voiceovers and stuff uh just kind of rediscovered life and other things that could occupy my time that i felt were creatively fulfilling and that kind of stuff so i just kept Try to maintain my peace. That's what that's what I've been up to. And then this year, just started working again, which is really I'm really grateful for because it's um it's a really fun job. So amazing. Yeah, man. that's good. That's good. good to hear. Good. I can say what is in the public already. It's an Amazon series. It's kind of like a spy thriller. It's got some dope names attached. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. I think. It's films in the UK. Uh, it's an American production. Uh, the Russo brothers are the head exec producers, which is fun. Uh, Priyanka Chopra and Richard Madden are the leads. And we've got loads of other people in it that are just incredible actors. And I'm just there trying to trying to do my best, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Oh, it's called Citadel. Wow, I didn't even give the name. Yeah, it's That's called right. Citadel. Yeah. Talk about burying the lead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, and it comes out it comes out next year you know like, as these like big budget kind of sci-fi or special effects heavy kind of shows are they they take a little while to come out so we're, we've been filming all year we finish in november i believe and then it should come out end of next year amazing man i'm glad yeah. that you said the title because i was gonna try and say the title and i wasn't sure if i would got it right <laughs> what were you gonna say what did you think it was i called? don't know i'm dyslexic man anything can come out <laughs> 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 especially if it begins with a c yeah, yeah. all yeah, i know dude. is i looked at that word and i went i'm not sure what that means <laughs> <laughs> Fair oh, Zach, that man. sounds exciting man that sounds good and no, yeah, Zach, good. what what have you been up to um i've been shooting a series called the nevers um on hbo um the first six episodes came out uh april that's all aired, and we just got cracking um 
last month on the next six. Uh, it would have been 10 episodes straight through, but COVID in it. Um, so, yeah, we've been filming this for the last two and a half years. Uh, on and Damn, off. Yeah, you've been on yeah. this for a minute, boy. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's mad. That yeah. must feel like your life now. <laughs> you, know, this is it. you know, in a yeah, in a small, yeah, bigger picture. You know, it feels, it does feel like it's been a long time, but it is just a small drop in the ocean, shall we say? I want to chime uh, in and just say, like, if you haven't caught the first six episodes, go back and binge that because it's good. Especially the last yeah. episode. I want to, no spoilers, but oh, it's not what you expect, boy. It's it's good. It's really really good. Yeah, well, I'm 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 beaming from ear to ear. If you can't, if you can't, you can't see me. My 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 grin is super super wide. So especially to hear that from you, as you man. Thank you. Oh, bless, bro. Is yeah, yeah. So yeah, essentially, I get, mate, I need to get on that, man. I've, I keep on hearing about it, and I've seen posters everywhere, and I'm like, I need to get on it. I didn't. To be fair, I didn't even realize you were in it. I I, I saw the other day someone mentioned it and i was like ah oh, and i looked it up and i was like holy shit <laughs> congratulations man thank you thank yeah. you very much thank you proud of my boy yeah. how about you elliot what have you been up to man mr uh, well, film every other month like what the hell uh yeah not for about two years wait <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did mate i've got a couple of films coming out but they're films i did before the whole oh, them ones where people are like waiting for um yeah. the distribution to like the cinemas to be a full capacity again and stuff. Oh man, it's been crazy because we we've kind of we've had these few projects and we think, oh great, cool. And it's kind of good that they haven't come out because if they'd come out, you know, yeah. like right before all this happened, I would have had this huge gap and been like, oh yeah. Um but now it looks like I've been working when I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of handy that timing. Yeah. But um, yeah. finally, finally, <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm glad. Like I'm I'm glad. Also, semi jealous that you guys are working now. But um, I'm happy for you guys. And I, I wanna I wanna hear. <laughs> obviously, we know you what you're doing now. But like, how did you get to this point? Like that for this, I was explaining to Zach um, before you came on, Oz, that. It's just this this podcast is kind of a way of hopefully inspiring young people to start their own journey in the in the film industry. Love whether that. it be crew, cast, production, whatever it is. Yeah. And as you know, like you both know, when you start, you're kind of like, how do I do this? Yeah. This yeah. is a it's a minefield. You don't really know how to begin, and and there isn't any one particular route. So it's always really interesting to hear, and it'll be great to hear what you guys said say about how you started this so yeah really i just i'd love to know how you guys got the interest got into the industry and and how it started to sort of you know get the wheels the wheels moving um and and ozzy if you if you'd like to if you'd like to go first that'd be great damn you asking for my life stories <laughs> yeah basically okay. tell me everything <laughs> well i was born on 27th of september 1988 to a mother i'm joking this sounds like the beginning of a lifetime documentary <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, you're, you're you're your life. <laughs> <laughs> no um i was okay where can i actually where's the actual feasible place to start this um so I must have been 16. Okay, no. Dra in school, drama was the only subject that like I was getting good grades in and I felt like I was scamming the system because I, I didn't think I was doing anything. I was just playing with my friends and the teachers really dug it. But I didn't really think there was a career for me at that age. Um, and then I went to this youth club, which was like um, uh, keep the kids off the street kind of youth club in my area. I lived in Kilburn at the time, South Kilburn. 
and I went there because there was girls there and they were cute. So um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, let me go. And then it turned into like this performance arts kind of youth club. Um, and we made like short films and all this kind of stuff. And it was fun, but I still didn't really think there was a career for me in, in that industry. Uh, I used to watch a lot of American TV. I didn't watch loads of British TV, I'll be honest. Um, and I didn't really see, I, that's the kind of stuff I would have wanted to do if I wanted to become an actor. But again, it wasn't even in my peripheries to want to follow this path. So I went to university instead and I studied uh, graphic design and animation. And then after my first year, um, I went to do a placement at this graphic design firm and I hated it. I really, really hated it. They got me doing some cool jobs, but I felt like a tool. There was no creative fulfillment from it. I was just, I was basically Photoshop, but a human being. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they, they got me to like monitor and edit some sites that they were hosting in the graphic design company. And they were all like porn sites and stuff. And I just thought, this is just, this isn't fun. This is really weird. And I don't want to be desensitized to porn at this age. Wow, that is weird. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what, 20, which is like, that. I, I was the demographic for all porn sites. So I was like, yeah, you don't want to do that. So after that placement, I was like, so can I just, one, one second. Uh, <laughs> as I said before, <laughs> things come out that you don't expect, but that is not what I expected. Man. That's, that's, a, that's a fruity, fruity start. And uh, please do carry on. That's, that's I, I've known him for about what, 14, 15 years plus. I've never known that. You wanted the story. I'm giving you the story. If anyone wants to make a film, I'll play my dad in the film. The whole truth, nothing but the the truth. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Um, So, yes, monitoring at Pontex. I was was doing that shit and I was like, this is not fun. I can't believe I'm at uni studying to come and then work for a company that's going to do this kind of shit. I know they don't all do the same thing, but I just basically realized that I didn't want to be a graphic designer for the rest of my life. So I was kind of like a bit lost. And then this youth club that I was going to that did performance art stuff, somebody had come down and said, there's an open audition going. And I, I thought, yeah, fuck it, why not? I'll, I'll go, I'll give it a try. And it was like 200 kids. And I remember that same week that I went up for it, I had this new, um, this new fire to like wanna take acting somewhat seriously because I'd been watching The Wire at the time and I just found out that Stringer Bell was from Hackney. Obviously Idris Elba plays Stringer Bell and he's playing an American in that. And this is the first time that I'd, I'd heard of a black British actor playing an American role because I didn't have any actor friends. I didn't know about the industry. I didn't know that loads of people had been doing it for years. I had no idea. So that kind of like lit a fire under my ass. And I went to this audition and then I thank God because I, I got it. I like 200 kids, I got the part. Wow. And then um, I think the week later, I like last minute signed up to audition for Identity School of Acting, mm. which is like a part-time drama school, part, an, an agency as well. And when I went into the room, I told there's like a, a whole, at the time there was like an improv section and like maybe some movement stuff and some script stuff. And then you have a meeting with like the heads of the school after your audition and they just have a little chat with you. And then in that little chat, I told them that I was really excited because I just booked this job and I've, and I've never been on an audition before. And they kind of just signed me right there and then, like they, they let me in the school and then they put me on the agency like pretty quickly. Wow. Um, and that's how it kind of like professionally started. 
what followed was years of humbling experiences because as much as I had no idea what this industry was about, the fact that I booked my first audition, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm going to be famous. Da -da 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 -da. I was like, uh, my head was just in the wrong place. So it was just a lot of um, really humbling, but experiences that I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot of one episodes in like British comedies, like um, Phone Shop, Fresh Meat, uh, 2012, like misfits like loads of really really tiny parts um and then it just kind of kept on chugging along like that for a little while and then i got a film called in the heart of the sea which was the film that made it possible for me to take acting on full time mm -hmm. um it was my first taste of like quotation marks hollywood movie sets and stuff and again it was a small part but it gave me the financial freedom to be able to be like I don't have to do every retail job under the sun anymore mm -hmm. in between every acting role I get and I can just focus on acting. And You say it's a small part, but like that film is a huge film and you're in it the whole way through, man. Like, it's not like you say you're a small part, but like I remember watching it thinking, fuck, you must have been there for months. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and I remember you telling me about the experience and like, didn't you all have to like lose weight? And oh and shit. Yeah. That film changed my whole eating habit, actually. <laughs> um, so we were on it for months. We were on it for about three or four months. And then in the final month, we were in um, Lagomera, which is Canary Islands, I believe, or Spain around there, to film the exterior shots. Now, if nobody knows about the film, it's the true story of Moby Dick. These sailors go on a whaling expedition. They get shipwrecked. Spoiler alert, if you're going to watch it. I'm sorry. Um, so what we had to do to give that illusion of malnourishment after being stranded up on a desert island for ages was we had a nutritionist and a personal trainer. We had to gain a stone over our regular body weight at the beginning of the shoot, shoot most of the film above our weight, and then when we got to the deserted island stuff in Lagomera, we had to lose two stone. So on camera, it would look wow. malnourished, but in health, health-wise, we'd only go a stone under our regular body weight. So it was actually quite That's it was, clever. It was, it was really well done. It was really well done. Um, to lose the weight, we had about two weeks, and then we had to maintain it. And all we did was um, before every day of shooting, we'd have an hour of cardio in the morning before we go to set. And then we'd have like a cup of leaves and like a slice of ham. And that would, that's all we'd be allowed to eat basically like three wow. times a day. And it was intense, man. Just imagine a, a, a set full of like hangry guys <laughs> trying to do this film. Oh my days. It was must have been all fun and giggles. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it must have been really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was intense, man. It was, Who it was says intense. we don't suffer for our art? That sounds Yeah, like... I mean. <laughs> That's but really I'm good grateful. that they uh, they had a process there and that they they kind of because you know sometimes on these projects they're like we need you to lose weight go on then go off yeah. and let you know you got, you got three weeks go do your thing come back or <laughs> yeah. we'll sue you if you're if you're not a stone under what you're supposed exactly. to do exactly so that's nice though it's refreshing to hear that they and I mean I've never done a film of that scale but it's good to hear that they have that in place yeah um, because it I mean I I lost weight for a role that it was like the director was like yeah you just need to lose a bit of weight. <laughs> and, and I really damaged myself doing it. And wow. like, even, 
even like mental health wise and everything else it was kind of just like a bad idea and we <clears> don't know what you're doing it's like 100 percent. yeah you need somebody good. to monitor so that shit man yeah so that i'm glad that they they sound like they did that properly that's a clever way of doing it as well put the weight yeah. on and then yeah. lose that's clever that's hollywood. Yeah, it was the, it was, yeah, that's Hollywood for you. That's the first time I, I'd ever heard of it as well. Um, but I met some great people and it was a fun time. So it wasn't too strenuous. I mean, it must have been uh, Ron. It's Ron Howard, right? Yeah, Ron Howard directed I'm, that one. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, no matter what, that's like, that's a great thing to tick off. <laughs> like, I worked with Ron Howard. That's amazing. Yeah, that was, it was fun. And he's a really nice guy as well. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was cool. Really cool. I learned a lot on that job. So then you, you, you went on to do, um, pretty much straight afterwards went on to do Tarzan didn't you yeah I did with Warner Brothers again like the following year um wow like you must have been like I'm on a roll now (laughs) again this is what I say about humbling us experiences I don't know why I phlegmed saying humbling but yeah (laughs) (laughs) humbling boy um because Tarzan was Tarzan was oh man Tarzan was an experience it wasn't like Heart of the Sea I'll say that um it wasn't as fun as Heart of the Sea. Like you book a film like Heart of the Sea and you don't know what to expect. You book a film like Tarzan and you're playing like a warrior, you're gonna be wearing like a loincloth for the whole film. I instantly thought, okay, we're going somewhere tropical and have a traveling job. We were in Leavesden, <laughs> Warner Brothers Leavesden where they filmed Harry Potter, like North of London in, in autumn winter time. And I got to wear this loincloth the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, but I met, some cool people on that too. Yeah, Margot Robbie was in that. That was fun. Um, yeah, both, Amazon- they're both great films. And they're such big films as well, like huge productions. And w- with that kind of thing, as you say, like it was a different experience in Tarzan because it's such a big film. Mm. I've never done a film that, I mean, I, I worked as crew on, on bigger films, but I've never as an actor worked on a film that size. And what what's the experience like? Is it, I, I can't imagine it's quite as personal as say, you know, like when we worked together, we got a bit of sort of movement to play with it. And like, if it, it feels like you have a bit more control, yeah. you, is it, are you like a small cog in a huge machine? Is it hundred percent nail on head? That's mm. it. And I think because I was playing smaller parts in both of those films, like I know I was, I was in them and like, you'd see me if you look for long enough, but because mm. I wasn't one of the main, main cast members, I didn't really have that kind of relationship with the directors where I could really talk about my character because I understand it now. And back then, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of hit my ego a little bit, but it's not a one man show. Everybody has their part to play. And my part wasn't as pivotal as somebody who's like number one, number two, number three, number four on a call sheet who were like the driving force of the story. We're We're just part of the story. So I kind of had to learn to stay in my lane almost and mm. do the best that I could do, but just understand that this isn't about me. You know, if they cut one of my lines to, to better serve the whole movie, or if they, they cut a scene out to better serve the whole movie, and that was like one of my few scenes in the thing, um, I know now that it's not personal, it's just the story comes first, you know? Mm. And like, the, not that the smaller parts don't matter, but there is a priority in in how much you can play with you know um i've never done a film of that scale being a lead or Mm. a supporting lead so i can't speak to that zach on the other hand (laughs) (laughs) zach on the other hand can definitely answer that question because he's done (laughs) he's done um two 
very big budget films where he has been lead and supporting lead. So I'll pass it over to you, Zach. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, uh, I suppose. No, no, to actually correct you, I, supporting is when I've done a series, you know, as a supporting lead, but as movies supported, so I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying here. Um, just almost kind of just serving the story as opposed to uh, the character serving the main story and supporting the leads mm. and, you know, helping someone to wear the crown is a job in itself than wearing the crown. That is beautifully put, I mean. man. Wow. That is. Yeah. Did you read? Did you steal that from somewhere? Because that was too Man, good. Man, <laughs> this guy's got some lines on his computer. Oh, no. Just reading them off. I'm gonna say this one now. I'm gonna say this one. <laughs> Hold on, just control, command C, <laughs> copy paste. I'm gonna put it in the chat for you guys to use later. Yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah. What was he saying? Is it's, it's it, it it hits you, especially when you're coming up and you believe, you know. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's the same for Ozzy. Like when when you go into a character, you're not really looking at, especially when you're auditioning for it. You're not really looking at, oh, you know, this character is just there, you know, to help something else along. You're thinking about yourself and yourself only. You know what I can put into this character. Mm-hmm. You know where this character can go. This yeah. and that. This and that. Um, but then when you reach to seeing the second or third draft of the script and you're like oh the journey starts and stops here yeah that realization hits hard oh oh so all of this is supposed to be inside oh internalized okay uh so we don't see all of this thing that i've been making up in my head okay all right um all right yeah i'm sure i can still play that um and yeah it hits you for six because you know when we're starting out you well even now you you want to you want to stretch your ability you want to be able to 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 do it all or to have a lot to sink your teeth into Mm. you know and i think one of the things that i've had to learn like what he's saying is humbling one of the things i've had to learn is that you know you have to get good at you know helping someone else carry carry a crown before you know how to carry a line. like you have to get good at being let's say a number seven or a number 10 on the mm. cast list before mm. you know what it's like to be like a number one because there's a lot of to be a number one it's a lot of pressure it's a oh, lot there's so much behind so that man much but when you when you even get closer up to let's say a two or three or four you 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 start to understand not only are you able to hold that responsibility you know, because you're better you at your craft for being a supporting, you know how to mm. support a lead. So, you know, it's, I, I, do you get what I mean? It's it, being able to support a lead uh, is ultimately that the key lesson in our industry, in our, in our field to becoming a lead yourself. I think, you know, there's some people that just come out and be a lead, you know, straight out the gate you know and that's their journey but if not if that's not your journey straight out of the gate you know learning how to be supporting and not necessarily be critical to the overall story mm. but do your part well you know um, and, and also don't be disheartened by that as well right you know because i i read so i think i saw it on instagram god doesn't write the same success story twice so just because yeah. like two people come out of drama school same year same grade whatever one person gets a lead the next person gets like a, a guest spot on Holby City. It doesn't mean you're any less worthy. It's just, that's the path that you've taken, you know? Mm. 
And I think what Zach's saying is exactly, that's exactly it. Just having given yourself the time to learn, you know. For sure, man. It, it, I think as well, like, as you say, someone can come out of drama school, they can do something really small or they can do, a, a, you know, something big, you know. It can be completely different, but some people's journeys are going to be a sprint and they may then fizzle out or mm. your journey can be slower with building blocks is what I'm hoping. Uh, and then <laughs> no, it is, it is, it is. you know people have different journeys and and you can't it's I mean it's easy to compare yourself to other people um and also very dangerous <laughs> but it's mm. something that I think we're probably all at some point um we've all done yeah but, um I had to get rid of that thought pro like that thought pattern yeah. of comparing if I kept on doing that I would have not survived this industry at all at all like comparison What's that saying, Zach? Uh, comparison is the uh, the thief of joy or something. What is it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Comparison yeah. is the... Come on, Zach. You know this one. Let you know me this through one. my list of quotes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not no. seeing it. Not I know it. what you're saying. You but know I what I'm saying? Like, what, yeah, yeah, comparison okay. robs peace or, or something like that. But mm. yeah, that's definitely a, a thought process that just had to be eradicated. Mm. Some, people, some people are fueled by that and that's fine for them, but... I am my only competition, man. That's the only way I stay sane in this industry. Mm, oh, for right. sure. And and I mean, when we worked together, I remember looking at your career and thinking, holy shit, he's <laughs> done so many good, cool projects, cool characters and everything else. And because I kind of did it the wrong, I, not the wrong way around, it's my journey, but I did it the other way around where I, my first like proper film was a lead, but it was a much smaller project. Mm. and now I'm having to now learn to not be as big a part of something but to go for bigger projects you see what I mean it's kind of is like this, yeah was this Northern Rock and uh, Northern Soul Northern, Northern Soul, Soul. Was, yeah that yeah. was shit <laughs> thanks man um but the <laughs> danger of that you is you guys did together was uh Beautiful, Beautiful Devils. Devils Beautiful Devils modern yeah. day telling of, of Othello yeah that was my first lead actually was it that was my first number one on a call sheet situation. Wow. Yeah, but it's like we it were saying earlier, the, the smaller, the sm not the smaller, but the, the indie projects that are more intimate and you have a little bit more creative freedom, mm. that whole number one thing, especially if it's like an ensemble piece, mm. it, it doesn't hold as much weight because mm. we are all relying on each other more and we all talk about the scenes more and all that kind of stuff. You know, we get closer. Yeah on those there's no trailers <laughs> uh, yeah. like the green room is whatever room is free on location like it's it's a lot more you're in the trenches <laughs> yeah like you're in it together there's there's hopefully if, you, if you're lucky there's no egos involved you know yeah except mine no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were a scumbag on that oh my <laughs> days absolutely <laughs> scumbag <laughs> no, we, we had a lot of fun on that film actually uh, it, no, it, it was good man it was a shame I don't think it got the release it deserved really people didn't really get to see it but yeah. it, was an, it was a really nice job to work on and as you say it was a really great group of people and um it's amazing how close you can get within like what was it five weeks <laughs> yeah that was it quick shoot, That's crazy quick shoot. yeah um but I'm interested to hear how did you because I don't think I've ever actually asked you guys how did your paths cross how did you meet? Was it anything to do with the industry or was it? Yeah, it was at um, university. We both went to the same university. University yeah. of East London. Nothing uh, to do with acting. Nothing <laughs> to do with acting. So I did marketing, but like I said, graphic design. Um, I think the the junction where we met was kind of in terms of outside of the industry, we kind of vibed on campus. 
Yeah, we had similar energies, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And in terms of where it came to the industry, I think we both around the same time had kind of encouraged each other to go to this drum school that um, Ozzy was talking about earlier, um, Identity Drama School. Um, so we both auditioned and, you know, we both got in. Um, and from there, I think our journeys, you know, just ended up just being that kind of encouraging you know um relationship where you know we would go through this thing we call the creative life you know together yeah yeah i'm very um, grateful i had you bro honestly yeah likewise bro. like there was because we i don't think we had that many of the same auditions but we did have a few and i feel like for a lot of people that might have been really difficult you know but I think we adopted the mentality of if you win, I win, like very, very early. Very early on. I think, yeah. yeah. I think when, um, early on, um, like Ozzy said, he he got signed to the agency, was in like the top class of the, the school pretty, pretty, pretty early on. Mm. Uh, whereas my journey was a little slower than that. Whereas like in the school, there was like maybe, there was like four classes, four tiers of classes. You know, you had like your foundation level, intermediate, advanced, and then your professional stuff like that. And Ozzy was like up there in a professional right off the bat. Whereas I got into like, I think it was an intermediate and started to, to work my way up. And so when, when it came to like stuff audition and stuff like that, um, I, I was more into like the small, smaller theater route. Whereas mm. Ozzy was kind of, he was, he was, doing amazingly well right off the bat in in tv and these little films and stuff like that um so when we came down to doing stuff like auditions and even when taping started to become a thing self-taping you know Ooh. i was Aussie's yeah, we, reader. Had a, we had a good system bro. for real yeah, <laughs> I still do to this day i still uh, owe you know, so much commission bro for all the jobs you, we <laughs> for real for real um you know i would um I would be most of that because I wasn't getting much readers. And like I was saying, I was doing a lot of theater, um, but watching Ozzy do his self-tapes and helping him read his self-tapes allowed me to see and learn a lot from Ozzy, you know, as because his experience, like, like he said, you know, um, that mentality of if uh, Ozzy wins, I win, you know, when Ozzy's getting an audition for this like big TV show or this big movie, you know, uh, and I'm not, I, I'm winning because his experience you know, is informing me in some way. You know, it's informing me, you know, oh, oh, this is how you do an American accent. Oh, this is the kind of work or output you have to put in to, to make this scene work for this audition. You know, uh, I remember back in the day, maybe back in the days, I remember starting off, it was, it was, it was getting like maybe three, three auditions a day, you know, <laughs> you, you know, three, three self-tapes. And I was there like maybe one audition, uh, a month or, or or one a week or twice a week you know but seeing the output that he was putting in and the work it like inspired me mm. and it allowed me to to be prepared for when things like that were picking up for me so it didn't feel feel too overwhelmed because i had someone before me to be able to to go through that and see him succeed at that somewhat you know to to, to give me that 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 extra leg up to be like, oh, oh, I recognize what this looks like. I haven't experienced it, but I recognize what this looks like. And so, when, when, can I just chime in real quick? Yeah, yeah. When, when Zach 
<laughs> when Zach started getting those TV auditions, yeah. Ooh. He went from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. I swear it was like in the space of like three years, maybe. He went from, there was that, it was either Channel 4 or ITV drama where you were the, the son of the... Oh, no offense. No oh, offense. Channel 4, yeah. And then straight from no offense, it was like film, 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 film. Mm. And just hasn't stopped. Like, it's <laughs> so fucking beautiful to witness. Like, mm. honestly, honestly. Because like you said, he was doing a lot of, a lot of theater. And I think the last play that you did before you started like just dominating fucking screen was uh to kill a was, yeah to kill a mockingbird. And that was that was touring, wasn't it? Yeah, it started yeah. off in the West End, toured and then ended off uh off West End um a long year and a half of my life. Very, very long. Um <laughs> <laughs> just to say that that is that is testament to what he's saying, like everything that he he was picking up and like gaining experience from used it and has just dominated very proud of you bro thank very you. proud of you thank you cheers and i'm also like learning stuff from zach now because like he's gone to a <laughs> next level in a sense of i remember what, oh, what was the film was it no seven seconds oh, we were in la and i got to witness what it's like to be at one of those kind of like premieres in in the states and i've never actually worked in the states i've done a lot of american projects but i never got to to actually experience what it's like to be a part of a project in America and stuff. So I lived vicariously through that. And it was, <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was a really good time. Man, yeah. so... <laughs> more to come, man, more to come. <laughs> That's so interesting. Cause you both done so well, but in completely, you've taken completely different routes. Yeah. And it's, and now I know Aussie's secret. You know, I'm always like, Aussie's done loads of work. His secret's Zach. <laughs> And Zach's secret is Aussie. You're, uh, like, juice, you're, you're, you're like support group. We got the juice. <laughs> That's amazing. And and you, I mean, you mentioned there that you you'd done theatre, and I know obviously Aussie. I've come to see you do theatre as well. How how does that differ? And it, it must be. I know because obviously the time periods. Aussie, you obviously did your play for a long period of time, and it sounds like you did the same, Zach. Um, what is it like going away and? And doing a play for that amount of time and then coming back to say film or TV, does it have an effect or? Yeah, bro. hundred percent. Like I, I would compare for an actor who's done a lot of screen going and doing theater for all the anime Dragon Ball Z fans is like going into an actor's hyperbolic <laughs> time chamber of just honing in Facts. on the craft of Facts. honing in on character and intention and beats and, stuff that you don't have time to do, um, not time to do, but the, the job doesn't give you time to do it um, in screen. You got to do that on your own time, Excellent. you know? You might get a little rehearsal here, director might give you a little note, but those deep dives into who your character is, you're paid to do that in theater. Like you spend weeks doing just that before you even start learning your lines, you know? Yeah. So me doing sweat, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, sweat, yeah. That's the longest play I've ever done. We were at the Donmar and then we got moved to the Gilgood. So altogether it was a, it was like two runs, two two month runs. And it it just changed everything. I wish that I went straight into I did actually. No, never mind. When I went straight into a TV show afterwards, um like a couple months later, it it definitely helped, I would say, because I didn't I didn't get that kind of in-depth attention from the director about my character. Yeah. Um, 
like I did in sweat, you know? And it definitely, definitely helped. Even to this day, every job I do, I'll, I'll, I'll have like a character diary um, at the start of the gig and then I'll just let it go and just trust, just like in theater. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend it. I wish I did more theater um, starting out. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a, I, I can, I say this, I've never done professional theater, but it must be. <gasps> I know, I know. This is what, what? Obviously, this is why I never stopped working. People are like, "You've done so much," because I've never done theater. I've always been like, "Ah, oh, do the films, do the films." Yeah. But it's true um, though. Like, theater stops you from from doing Scream, like, because you're you're booked away. You're away for a lot, so you mm. can't like grab onto that screen like wagon and, and let the let it start rolling because you just don't have the time. Yeah, I'd love to do it though. I feel like it's such a different discipline and and just. It's just a whole nother avenue, isn't it? And learning and, and having the time and the space, as you say, and the rehearsals and everything else. I, um, it sounds like a luxury that, you know, ideally when I look at it, I'm like, I'd be great to do that when I'm like, you know, I, I've got to a point where I can go, I'm going to take a year out and do some theatre. You know? <laughs> um, the absolute ideal of what a career could be. But, you know what I mean? Um, like choosing what you're yeah, going to do next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, one of my set questions, which I've now changed because everyone has the same answer. It's like, so what is your what what is a deciding factor of taking a job and everyone's been like well I got offered it so <laughs> I, I do it <laughs> now go on ask me I'll do a different answer <laughs> yeah <come laughs> on, uh, what's your deciding factor to That's taking a, a job interesting interesting um paying my rent uh <laughs> eating food buying stupid things that I couldn't afford when I was a child <laughs> <laughs> I do I noticed that actually with you Oz you um, you always buy things that I'm jealous of. Uh, it's those I, instagram ads man they get me every time every time every time i see you like yeah i got this uh it's like an apple watch or like, <laughs> I'm like oh man you must be like a baller because I, I swear i haven't got the money to buy that no. shit. <laughs> i call it i call it new money syndrome so when i was doing a lot of retail and getting like 300 pound a week and thinking that was amazing and then getting my first job where they're paying you like four figures. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I know I'm supposed to spend all of it in a short space of time. So I'm just going to try and do that. I did that for years, just buying dumb shit, man. Oh, why not? Like, you've got to do it. Like, got to go it, through it once just to understand the value of money and all that. Or twice, maybe three or times. Twice, maybe for five years straight <laughs> off the bat. Like, I, I, got, I got a very nice piece of advice from uh, one of my... Uh, fellow cast members in the job that I did and she had said to me um, as soon as you get that first check like let's say it's an episodic or you know your first weekly from a film or a uh, yeah movie um, put a big chunk of that towards a gift to yourself Ooh. oh I like that advice just that's that. nice yeah <laughs> instead of instead of like continuing to buy small dumb shit just buy one big thing one big thing <laughs> one thing just like pull out you yeah know, like, know. no I'm done until my next job thank you that's it just <laughs> yeah, one huge thing I mean because like if you're getting paid weekly or if you're doing th yeah paid weekly or episodically mm. you know then you have the rest to to live on but just one big thing that you wouldn't normally get yourself outside of being in work that's really and good advice i like that yeah it's positive yeah. as well it's like it's a it, treat yeah mm. it's a treat and it's because i always fear and it's the same thing with holidays i'm like if i go on that holiday i'm probably going to miss a job or an audition or whatever and it's like that with buying yourself a gift you're kind of like but what if i don't work for ages but then that's a negative thought so mm. really that's a really nice piece of advice because it's positive and it's like yeah, yeah 
what's it? I think it's called um, having an abundant mindset versus a lack mindset. Yeah. So a lack mindset would be, mm. I don't know the next time I'm going to get paid. So I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to save this money. Until... That is definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> but then abundant mindset is more like I've been in this industry for so long. I've been working. Of course, I'm going to get another job. Let me just enjoy this if I can, mm. if I can. And then the other rule is if you can buy it twice, then you can afford it. <laughs> ah, nice. That means I can buy probably a Mars bar. <laughs> I'm gonna Get treat, I'm gonna treat myself. Get that Mars bar, man. Get that Mars bar, Elliot. You shoot. You get that Mars <laughs> treat bar. yourself. <laughs> Whether it's a Mars bar or a Maserati, treat yourself. <laughs> treat one day, yourself. One and day. always lease it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Bossman around the corner. You yeah. gave, him, gave him the Mars bar back in about. <laughs> oh shit uh, it's interesting that you i mean did either of you have any was, was there any family members or friends or <laughs> we are nigerians that <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know about zach but i had zero artistry in in my family at all my dad's an it guy and my mom works in housing um so you're it. leading the way or is he likewise <laughs> yeah likewise yeah no, no uh legacies in my family at all first well, you're starting first your own gen. now so I hope Isn't it? Like, yeah you know, i will advise my kids things. to only act if they absolutely have to because <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go through this if you don't need to boy yeah that, i see it in my siblings you know i see well my my little sister she's she's oh yeah you yeah, inspired she, her to like yeah, take it she start to, doing it right yeah she goes to like little drama schools after school and stuff like that and, i would start you know, she'd, be, yeah, she'd be asking me about getting an agent uh, yeah she's 11 you know so i'm like okay i'm gonna have yo, to start young boy yeah yeah you know <laughs> and yeah she actually enjoys film and tea. like she's a little you know cinephile as well oh, that's dope and she gets that's annoyed dope. at her age like she can't even watch any of any any of the stuff that I've been in. Uh, she's always like complaining that like that's this is annoying. You yeah, know? she can't watch the Nevers. That would be awkward, boy. She can't watch Nevers. <laughs> yeah, she really wants to watch Doctor Sleep. I, I don't understand why she can't, but her parents will let her watch it because uh, yeah, even though it has a child in it, it's still because uh, she will never sleep. <laughs> <That's why. laughs> yeah, oh, man. Oh no, that's great that you're inspiring your own family. That's I've not even you know thought of it that way around, but you guys are the trailblazers. You're the ones that people are looking at and going, okay, it is possible. That's amazing. I feel like that's because of all the people that came before us that made us feel like it's possible. Mm. Like for, yeah. like me for for example, um, the whole Idris thing, and then once I got into the industry, I I discovered more people of his generation and and beyond that that had already paved the way that even made it possible for us to like do american projects and british projects and just like make a living off of this thing you know mm -hmm. well idris elba is one of those guys as well like i didn't even realize he was british <laughs> like for the first like chunk of his career i was like wait a minute what <laughs> this guy's british um kind of crazy because now like he's he's such a household name it's it's yeah. obvious that he is but um I mean, what about you zach did you have anyone like that or was idris elba another a person that you kind of looked at i think growing up um people i was looking at was kind of daniel day lewis um chiwetel ajiofor and like ozzy I, I grew up a lot on american um, television and american films um so it it was only until I really started taking my own craft serious 
that I started to look closer to home. You know, mm. so that I started to notice like the Idrises and the Chiwetel Ejiofors and the David Oilers and like Sophie Okonedos and you know all these different people that I would watch, like let's say for Holby City, you know, like Hugh Quashi, you know, and just to be like, okay, so that's there's a path for me mm. here, here. There's you a know, place I, for us. There's you a have, place for us. Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't. Yeah have to uh only look to america you know, mm. For that. Mm. so yeah essentially you know those were kind of looking up and then just around me you know there were so many um people there's you can't even start to list names but people around me in my generation that uh were you know really doing their thing yeah and, yeah Anthony Welsh, so many in our generation are just, oh, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful to be part of this school. Like this, this class, sorry, this class of um, actors, it's, it's, it's incredible, man. Yeah. So it's like, it's Iron Sharp Design. It really, I think uh, our generation, uh, you know, you know, really drove me, I suppose, more, more now than. 100% agree with that. Any yeah. of the generations before. Like it, finding out that a, a British person can do an American accent, like and <laughs> do a role, which I had no idea about. I I didn't know anybody. That was a spark. But like Zach said, like just seeing all of the the success and the the roles and the performances of our generation, mm. oof, that shit is inspiring, man. Like even like someone like Michaela Cole coming and just completely dominating. You know, yeah. like writing her own thing, and Nicole Lecky, yeah, good friend of ours. Seeing what she's doing, like anytime I see one of my friends winning, I'm just like, this is sick, man. This is this is so sick. It just keeps you going, like. You guys know Lashana Lynch, don't you as well? Lashana, there's too yeah, many people to mention. She's absolutely smashing. <laughs> where's balls. my Where's my list? Where's my list? <laughs> Lashana, Waruche, Anne Akin, uh, Tahira Sharif. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in trouble if I start naming people. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> oh no! Anyone you that see why I said there's too you much know, of a name. Too ready. David Ajao, David Ajala. Ooh, yeah, man. Too many, too no, many. Daniel Kalua as well. He he was around years ago, wasn't he? he? Like he's been doing it for years. He wrote he wrote skins. Yeah, he wrote he? Skins. like the first episode or something. Yeah, yeah. And like got... it just shows you he's grafted for yeah. like. It's almost decades. Like he must have been doing it like fifteen years or something. It's He's been like, doing it for a minute, a yeah. hot minute. Um, and it's just so good now to see him. Like when he goes up and he wins an award, and you're like, "Yes, it's yeah. taken so much time, and you've grinded and you've earned it." And he's just so good. Yeah, he's killer, man. He is killer. Nothing seems surprising. Yeah, it seems like it's. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. That yeah, makes of course. Sense. That yeah. is the journey. Yeah. That's the journey, yeah. Testament to his career as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, we've obviously talked a lot about working, and I don't want to give a like you know a false interpretation of what this industry is. So I want to ask you, what it's it, what's it like when you're not working? Like we all have that downtime, and and mm. I think in between jobs, that's kind of who it's what defines whether or not you're going to stay in this industry or not. Mm. Um, 
I know that I, I deal with my own like you know mental health when I'm not working and and for you guys do you, do you have coping mechanisms are there things that you can do which kind of help you keep positive and and obviously you guys both sound like a glass half full type of guys like you you're very positive about everything else does that help I'll be honest I ain't always been like this bro it's been very difficult mm. it's been a very difficult journey um I feel like I only really got to terms with that in between and like the importance of mental health over the past I want to say three or four years maybe five years mm. did I um really take it seriously you know because in between I'd just be losing my shit. I'd finish a job and be like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then be waiting for ages till I book a job and I get the job and I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And all this kind of stuff. And even on the job for a long time, um, that imposter syndrome was really, mm. it, was, it wasn't making me, it wasn't allowing me to really enjoy the job for a long, long time. And, and the in-betweens were just really difficult, man. Um, really difficult. I think I went to, I think there's like, four different types of therapy I've done. I've done like hypno, CBT, mm. counseling, and then ACT therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. And all of them kind of just helped me to get to this point where I realized that peace is like the most important thing. Like if, if you don't have peace within yourself, like how are you, how are you gonna be able to be of a, of a healthy mind state to give the best performance that you can possibly do? Mm. You know, and what you were asking before, that in-between time is about, not necessarily like for me personally not necessarily like overthinking where the next job is or trying to generate the next job or whatever is trusting trusting that it's coming audition wise like there's auditions coming you do your best and, and you you let it go i audition and then i throw away the script i don't ask questions i don't tell people it's done if i get the job cool then i can talk about it but until then i'm just going to leave it there in the audition room and then I'll find other creative outlets. Some people, um, some people like to write. I can't stand writing. Um, it's annoying. <laughs> it's long. I don't enjoy it. So I'm not doing that. I did a lot of photography. Um, I, I started drawing last year during lockdown. Uh, I skate. I go to the gym. I, I hang out with friends. I just do anything that isn't involved in acting, essentially. And... I just try and enjoy the life that I've worked hard to be able to have the luxury of enjoying, you know? Mm. Some people might not be able to do that. They might have to get another job or whatever. I would say where I was doing a lot of retail in between my acting jobs, I just saw that as a means to an end. It's temporary. One day I'm going to be in a position where I can be acting full-time and have a lot of free time to do anything else that I would like to do, you know, and not stress too much about, not working i say that but the apocalypse covid was very very difficult that was very testing because i didn't work last year and I, I was stressing a little bit but i think that also speaks to giving yourself the space to feel bad sometimes you know I, it's okay you don't have to feel good 24 7 like you want something in your life you want you see yourself at a certain place and there's nothing wrong with feeling bad just don't dwell in it you know sit in it, let it pass, and then find something to do that you enjoy doing. You know, I, I, I think that made sense. I don't know. I kind of went on a 100%. There, no, 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 I totally agree with that. That's everyone has their own way of dealing with it, don't they? And then, yeah. you know, you've got to find what works for you. Exactly. <clears throat> How about you, Zach? Oh, pretty much the same thing. Um, it's one of those things where 
you know, faith plays a big part in it for me. You know, having, you know, faith that now is whatever season it is specifically, even if it's just specifically if you're not working, you know, if I'm not working, you know, having faith that there's value in that season. There's yeah. value in not being in work. Like my the value of who I am and what I do is not attached to the work I get. Mm. You know, uh, I am not that work. You know, you know, because if you attach yourself, if I attach myself to the jobs I get you know, in terms of you know my being, you know, then who am I when those works are gone? And I think obviously with the pandemic that put people that do attach themselves to work that put a lot of that into question um i think earlier on in my career starting on starting with you know as little like i said before as a little you know frequency of auditions or work you know and because i was doing theater you know the work was few and far in between um i think i had to learn how to enjoy my life for what it was at the time you know and not make acting or the industry the be all and end all for me mm. you know and even though i didn't i didn't take on a, a part-time job or you know um, whatever money i had i saved and, and rationed whilst i wasn't working you know i made that conscious decision early on that you know i wasn't you know gonna work elsewhere you know that i was gonna use whatever free time i had to enrich my life with you know watching plays where I can you know reading books where I can you know studying you know building on my craft and then just living life you know spending a lot of time in fellowship you know spending time with my boys and and you know my female friends and you know hanging out and you know encouraging and vibing and and actually having a, a life being lived in as opposed to you know working to, to live you know or living mm. to work do you know what I mean um and over time that kind of just it kind of sat with me along the lines of what Ozzy's saying you know of learning to take those rough times you know feeling them you know understanding what those um what those feelings could be you know those feelings of lack or those times when you're not working understanding what they are, what you feel like is missing, but not dwelling on them, not not attaching, you know, my sense of self to that one feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of, along the same way, Ozzy, you know, just learned to take everything with not necessarily a pinch of salt, but with the right amount of seasoning it deserves. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm booking jobs left, right, and center, I'm grateful. I take it for what it is. When I'm not booking jobs at all, I'm grateful. I take it for what it is and try and be centered as much as I can. And when I go off center, appreciating the fact that I'm off center, you know, and seeing what that that season is supposed to teach me. You know, there's value in everything and it's just down to me to see what that value is. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, yeah, you guys should write a book together because <laughs> I feel oh. like, that, we that. have. You don't know. <laughs> you didn't oh, know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's on. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I, I genuinely was like, "Have you?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really. It is inspiring because 
I think that is it's one of those things that people are talking about it more and more now but um, mm. certainly when I started um, people would always be like yeah I'm doing great I'm doing loads of auditions I'm I'm, I'm happy I'm you know and social media is kind of a weird happy place that you go to look at and you see people working doing amazing things happy everything else but it's not the truth it's a no, it's, it's a, everybody's it, highlight reel yeah and but funny enough now at least people seem to be talking about it more the people are more honest about it um and i've been blown away by the people that have come on here and just you know people that you just think i like with you guys i kind of just presume guys are always working and and it is kind of mad to hear that everyone is going through that same thing and mm. and um i mean covid was an equalizer <laughs> you know it's yeah. <laughs> um everyone was then put in the same boat instead of you being in your own little boat sinking everyone else is in there with you <laughs> you're mm. like okay yeah right let's start again <laughs> yeah let's reset let's reset um unless of course you're tom cruise and then that that fucker's been working through <laughs> through everything <Yeah>. um <laughs> he's unsolvable but um yeah it's kind of mad isn't it and <laughs> there's people like i'm not going to name names but people that are very established actors that you know have been out of work two years mm. and um you know these people haven't stopped working since they started and you know they've been doing it 30 odd years and you just think wow this is a this is a kind of unique time in the industry mm. um and yeah and it's all about surviving that isn't it 100 percent, hundred thousand percent. the fact you guys are working is is great and i'm i'm glad that things have started moving again and and you know from my side of it as well there's been more auditions and nice. it's nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel and the cinemas sure. are open and and all those things and um have you guys been back to the cinema since i was just about to say i watched the suicide squad the other day and i fucking loved it <laughs> i didn't expect it to be so good but it, you can't really compare it to the first one completely different film uh, it's a right? different film yeah yeah have you seen it yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw oh, it the other day. Yeah. Loved I it. Just be back in the cinema as well. It was yeah. Like, uh, I know what you mean. The first two films I watched were horror movies. It was uh Quiet Place 2. Mm. And oh, what was the other one? That was brilliant as well. Quiet Place 2 was sick. That was a really yeah. good film. I don't know what the second one was. Was though. it Saw? Uh no, it wasn't Saw. Because oh, oh. that isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked the Saw film. Trying the, the the Chris Rock remake? Yeah, it was just a bit of a weird mixture. But yeah, I, I'm to be fair, I'm not the clientele. I'm not, I didn't really like <laughs> the other sort of movies anyway. Um, I went to see uh, Fast Nine. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, yeah. A, any good? <laughs> it was fast. It was, uh, fast. It was, was nine. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was nine. <laughs> Saw that yesterday, actually. They went you to did. space. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I had rumors about this. My mate was he was doing some of the set design on it. And um obviously, you know, when you're in a film like that, you're not meant to tell anyone anything. And he's like, Look, I didn't tell you this, but <laughs> they go to space and I'm not sure it's a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, okay, that's they've taken it taken it to the next level. <laughs> Pretty much. They take what looks like a 
Yeah, am I spoiling? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. They take what looks like a DeLorean <laughs> up into space. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, at this stage, we're on the ninth installment. Anything goes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if a movie is nine movies, uh, nine movies in in the franchise, I think they 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 have the license to do whatever they like. That means they've actually gone through nine stages of critical reviews nine stages of funding nine stages of making their own big 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 bank yeah because like vin diesel and uh whoever else is, is it angley it's not angley is it who directs most of the fast uh, uh i think angley did a lot of them right? it did yeah them. yeah yeah. yeah i think it, with the vehicle they've made um, pun intended uh, you know, I think has given them the, the freedom to do whatever they like. So when I sat there watching this and thinking, this is, come on, you know, I'm rolling my eyes left, right and center, but deep down inside of me, I'm, I'm giving them a little standing ovation. Like you guys have done what probably all of us have wanted to do as kids. when we're making up things in our back garden. <laughs> just, uh, uh, we're out here, just in pew, pew. Pew, pew. Yeah. space. Pew, no. pew, 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 pew. Now, yeah. now we're gonna go ah. from this building to the next building. Yeah, That's right. Ah. <laughs> and I'm gonna jump from a moving plane and land in the car without a broken leg. <laughs> Just had on the ground without any broken legs. You know, and... someone did that on YouTube. Uh, they counted how many <laughs> times like Dominic Toretto should have died. <laughs> <laughs> Every crash that was like a fatal injury at least, and he comes oh, out with like a, a smudge on his t-shirt. <laughs> Only Dominic Toretto can get into a, a fight uh, uh, in a car with a fighter jet and yeah. come out the victor. But you Just know saying. why? You know why? Why? Because he's all about family. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. It's about the family. It's all about the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, is, it is mad when you think back to the... Because the first one is like a completely different film. Like oh, my days. The, the first one was was uh, Paul Walker, R.I.P., yeah. was like an undercover cop. And these yeah. guys were just doing street races. <laughs> How did it? If you were street races. To the latest one, you'd be like, so what? Are you yeah. on track? Like, what's, what's happened here? Um, this, this one kind of rounds up the first to, to now. You know, we even have like the, you know, the little... The Tokyo Drift spin-off the boys Tokyo were in looks, there. Yeah. No, they weren't. Yeah, yes. they're the ones that built the rocket car that went to space. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert. So, yeah, it, it, I don't think a spoiler alert works after the spoiler, but... Yeah, yeah. true, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We've like, ruined this film for anyone that wants to see it. <laughs> it's like a war siren happening after the war's finished. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fire alarm after the building's burnt down. Right? <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Well, I'll I'll have to give that one a watch just for that scene. That's that's, absolutely, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I want to ask. Uh, moving on from that, like we'll we'll start rounding it up because obviously you guys are very busy. You're probably going off and shooting something later this afternoon, then you guys. Um, I want to round it up and I want to ask. Call of Duty this afternoon, actually. Uh, yeah, mate, you never <laughs> added me on there. I was like, "What's your What's your name?" And I was oh, like, and I couldn't what? find you. You have to. That's I'll send wild. It to you again, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I do. I don't know why. I'm, I'm on that a lot. Like, yeah, add me. <laughs> we get so, squatted up, man, and we get wins all the time. Oh, yeah. So after yeah. this, yeah, just. I can be your new dead weight, (laughs) (laughs) bringing down the team. Have you found? Is this? Have you found that before lockdown? You know, your PlayStation, Xbox never really got any love. 
and then <laughs> lockdown happened and bro you know, you know you know this i didn't yeah. buy my xbox until like the day before lockdown <laughs> the first lockdown mm -hmm. i remember this all i had was like a nintendo switch to play pokemon cut that mm -hmm. out but um <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you went hard for that nintendo switch don't cut it out nah, you nah, went hard. I, did, I did i was playing I was, I was playing big boy games like Smash Bros, <clears throat> Mario Kart. You know, it's gonna be yeah. our new sponsor now. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite. But yeah, as soon as as soon as lockdown happened, I, I, I turned into a gamer. I, I think the gaming industry just boomed, yep. man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? How like the PlayStation Five, like they they just ran out and they yeah. couldn't get any more because there were you know the parts and everything else was all over the world. They couldn't actually make them quick enough, and now they're yeah. like still can't get one. You see, yeah, they're still really hard to get, aren't they? I feel like I'm playing my PlayStation now as much as I was when I was like 12. Yeah. It's, suddenly it's like, oh, yep. you know, something to do. <laughs> but you know yeah. what it was? I think for me, what it was was that during lockdown, it was the only time I could talk to my friends. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I live with Zach, so it was calm, but other people, like, I didn't really, I didn't really leave the house. So it was nice to just like chat and go on these missions. And now we've got war stories, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was cool, man. That's so true, man. Cause Katie, she's always like, you're always playing that game. It's like, yeah, but this is my bonding time with yeah, my boys. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is the, this is what you got to say. Like, if your girlfriend doesn't have a problem with you going to play football with the boys on a Sunday, then she shouldn't mind you going and like killing some insurgents online with yeah, your friends either. Playing you know, Warzone thing. for like eight nine hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, back to it. Um, I want to round it up by just asking you guys what. It's pretty. It's a pretty big question and you know, you probably don't want to jinx it, but like after all is said and done with your careers, what is, what are your aspirations, your dreams, something that, you know, is there a box that you want to tick something that you're like, I'd love to do that one day, or I'd love to be in this one day or work with this person one day. Um, what is your, that's a huge uh, question. A I mean, question. for me right now, it's still, yeah. I'd love to, um, I'd love to lead up my own movie or series, you know, um, limited series. <laughs> um, um, yeah, ultimately, that's right now just the next step for me. Mm. Um, end game, I can't say what end game is because you know the goalposts are always moving. Mm. You know? So, um, yeah, just looking forward to the next thing is you know leading up um, something and you know doing that. Yeah, nice. I similarly i don't know what the end game is because as zach says like you you hit something you think is what you want and then you instantly want something else mm. um but some things that i would like to have a try at is um i'd love to create an animated series and voice a character that'd be cool i'd love to produce and not be in the show but just like i, I have a lot of ideas and i hate writing so i'd love to partner up with people and just create mm. some stuff um, and just try on the producer hat, see what that feels like. And I, I would die happy if I got to be a superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, that would be amazing. I would, I would love to do that. Um, apart from that, I'm, I'm pretty content, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an action spy at the moment, so that's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I have hmm. absolutely no doubt that you guys. I feel like those, those goals aren't even that far away, man. I think. You guys are smashing it and um you inspire me so i just oh elliot man keep going boys <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you elliot man appreciate nah, you it's man. all good 
And if I can just lower the tone and just um, ask you one last question, I want to, I, I kind of, it, <laughs> some people come up with, you know, funny stories for this and some people just flat out refuse. So, you know, don't feel like you have to answer this question, but is there a moment for either of you that you can think of where ideally, you know, something to do with the industry or filming or something, just a, an embarrassing story, something that can humble you to the audience <laughs> um, <laughs> that you're willing to share. And of course, if not, we'll leave it on a high. <laughs> um, so I was in New York for about eight months um, shooting a, a series called Seven Seconds. And it was the first um, kind of American accented role I'd ever booked. Um, so after the first month, I had felt, you know, when you're in America, it's all about the British accent. And, you know, I hadn't filmed for about three weeks. I got there like 1st of January and we weren't due to start until like the middle of February um so I was there just living life and after a while it got close to filming I was like shoot I need to actually step up on my accent my American accent my New York accent so I said oh, you know what for the next few weeks or the next let me start for the next day let me go out and I'm just gonna talk like a local and I went to one restaurant and I thought oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know I was like Yo, can I get a, uh, I can't remember what it was, can I get a some French toast and some bacon and some grits? You know, and the woman, you know, she gave me a little, you know, concerning eye, you know, yeah. <laughs> and but she didn't say nothing. And by the time she brought some food, over, the food over, I asked her for some hot sauce and some other things. And then she just stopped me and said, sorry, where are you from? <laughs> and my heart sunk into my stomach. And like, just kind of tilted my head a bit, and you know, I, I just said, you know, uh, I'm from England, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, I said that to my brother, I'm from England, yeah, you know, I said that to my brother, she went, huh, you're from Bangladesh, <laughs> and I was like, damn, this can't get any worse. And I just, I just said, no, 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 I'm from, I'm from England, and I just said, from that point on, I was like, nah. From that point, I'm not going into this, about to start the, the biggest, back there, the biggest production of my life, you know, with people thinking I'm from England slash Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Did you, oh, what did shit. you do? Did you, did you get an acting coach, um, acting coach, voice coach or? Yeah, that practice? was a, yeah, yeah. Just nonstop that, that from that day onwards, um, I just stayed in accent the whole time. Mm. Uh, I drilled it like these are things we were doing before I was drilling accents but we would drill it like when we're doing self-tapes mm. auditioning but it's different when you know you now have a role and you have mm. to live this character yeah. for, for eight months and yeah I was drilling it worked with a dialect coach and yeah it, it was something if I thought if I hadn't I had a, an idea of where I thought my accent was you know living there made me realize it wasn't as good as it as what it could be and what it should be that's brilliant <laughs> man um Aussie's gotta live up to that one now sorry mate <laughs> mine mine was oh, oh my gosh uh okay fuck it so <laughs> Tarzan I was in Tarzan and I had minimal minimal lines I think I had like six lines maybe in the whole film two of them got cut 
um, one of them was in a different language. Um, it was in a, I think it was like an East African or East Coast African uh, dialect. I can't remember which country it was from, but I had to, I had to, I had to say these lines to to Tarzan, to Alexander Skarsgård in in the scene, and I did it. I, I learned it. I had, a, I had a dialect coach who was telling me how to say this African dialect. And being an African, I thought, okay, I'm doing a good job. Uh, take my mom to the premiere now, and <laughs> watch the film. And it comes. I'm like, mom, this is when I have to speak a different language. Da, 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 da. And it wasn't my voice. They dubbed me. They oh, dubbed wow. me in a film um, where when I am speaking English, it's my voice. But when I'm speaking a different language, it's somebody else's voice completely. It's, it's not mine. And I watched that. And anybody else that watched that wouldn't even notice. They wouldn't notice. But me and my mom, we knew. <laughs> we oh, <knew>. man. <laughs> and it just, it just, it was just one of those moments where it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm so non-essential <laughs> to the story <laughs> that they could change it could use a completely different actor's voice and put it over mine um and nobody would notice nobody did <laughs> oh, nobody noticed yeah but you hear that stuff all the time like the yeah. the, the industry is just savage isn't it it just yeah. like that's what i mean the story comes first man all about that bottom line the story comes first egos yeah. have to go out the window but that was i think that's the most embarrassing thing that's happened <laughs> To me. to me both both no actually i'll give you two for one. Oh, go on go on <laughs> my audition this is another accent thing my audition for in the heart of the sea um my character richard peters <clears throat> richard peterson was like um he's a freed slave so he's a free man and it's kind of like uh, a southern dialect um but what ron when i was doing a general american accent in the audition, Ron Howard was like, could you do more of a Southern? And then I started going to this like hillbilly type thing and <laughs> in the audition, <laughs> my first ever American accent audition. And I thought, yeah, this is Southern. Yep, doing the, do the whole scene like that. And he was like, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to get you to work on that. If you, if you get the role, if you're successful, we're gonna, we're gonna get you to work on that. I was just like, oh, <laughs> walked out thinking, oh, Fuck that up. Okay. Uh, and then I got the job. So you never really know these things. Oh, so. uh, you see, at least it had a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is one of those. I, I remember my very first, like, proper speaking role was on the bill. And I remember the guy that was playing my dad. Basically, I don't know. I think he was just trying to psych me out. Now I look back at it, I think, what a prick. But, like, at the time, <laughs> I was thinking he was giving me, like, advice to, you know, cushion the blow if it happened. But he was basically... He was like, oh, yeah, you know, people get cut all the time and, and then just get replaced. And, and, and when they do, they don't get warned and all this stuff. And I was thinking, what? And I remember absolutely shitting myself when it was it was due to come on. It was on TV at like seven o'clock or whatever. I'm there with my like my mom, my dad, everyone's oh, there. Like, really watching. And I'm sweating thinking, what if? Because my my entrance is like me coming down the stairs. And I'm, I'm watching the feet come down the stairs. I'm thinking, oh, shit, it's not me. It's not me. Not me. And it was. But it was like, he completely psyched me out. I was just <laughs> bastard. But, mate, that it happens. so dread. It happens. And you, you kind of like, you never know when you do a film, do you? You're kind of like, yeah. have I been cut out of this? Have I been dubbed? Have I been, you know. Happens all the time. Yeah. 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 If it's, it's happened brutal. to you and you're listening to this, just remember you still got paid. So <laughs> that part. <laughs> that part. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> guys this has been brilliant man it genuinely really like it's really inspiring and and guys thanks for coming on together because i think it, it's really nice because you guys know each other well and and um it's just yeah, i'm glad we did this really man. Good thanks, for, yeah, thanks, thanks for having. putting this together Elliot. Appreciate oh mate it, man. all good man it's it's just um yeah thanks for taking the time guys i appreciate it all good all good, good man. thank you elliot man god bless and i'll see god you bless. soon bro god bless, man. take care bye bye thank you to our guests ozzy and zachary you can catch citadel on amazon and the nevers season two on hbo next year in 2022 we hope you carry a positive message to those of you starting out those of you who are veterans in the industry and those of you who are simply fascinated by film we are a small independent podcast and we're now part of patreon so if you'd like to get episodes early amongst other bonuses it would be hugely appreciated to have your support and word of mouth. Thank you. It's a life and fail. 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 And you better come back next month to a life and fail. 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 For any questions or requests, please email lifeinfilmpodcast at googlemail.com.